What up, Buzz? You tapped in? Okay, Goose, you tapped in too? All right, Chicago, y'all tapped in? All right, boys, let's crack them. Feel like Mike in the fourth with the ball in my hands and I'm taking a shot. I'm the king in the madhouse on Madison, whether I make it or not. Now the crowd going crazy, they watching the play and I'm watching the clock. Got my shot in the air and the buzzer go off and I'm watching it drop. This team did things, MJ shot city, six rings. D-Rose too big, too fast, too strong, history. And we good on that, put Jill on the track and we good on whack. Three, two, one, everybody say bulls on tap, bulls on tap. Our city pretty and gritty. Benny the bull in the crowd getting hyper and litty. Me, I'm so drippy and slippery, nothing offends me. Banners on banners, we winners. We got the stats in the news. Go and subscribe, hang out with Buzzy and Goose. Tapping with us, we the truth. Jilla just murdered the booth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I'm your boy Buzz. I'm joined by my dude Goose, aka Bulls Scripted, and we are here to recap a Chicago Bulls victory, 111 to 105 over the Toronto Raptors. But before we do that, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap at Ontap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted and me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us five star rating and review because that's cool and tough. Also, if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter. Fuck that. Go over to the YouTube, subscribe to the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube, hop in the comment section, and let's talk about this dub. Goose! We got to win. Everybody was back. Well, not everybody, but DeMar was back with Zach. and you know Everybody that's going to be back except for the guys that are out for six to eight weeks. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. The six to eight weeks. I saw, I think it was Drew Stevens. I want to, I think who, who writes for ONTAP. I think he put that the, uh, oh no, oh no, Rose came down awkwardly on his foot. Is that you know, and that and the fear that that brought in every time Bulls fans hear six to eight weeks now, they can relate it to that because it's just it seems like the whole team has that issue. We have not gotten to talk about the Derrick Jones Jr. Um, breaking his index finger on his non shooting hand, he will be out six to eight weeks. Lonzo Ball gets his surgery on Friday, he will be out six to eight weeks. Alex Caruso got surgery on Monday, he will be out six to eight weeks. But we don't want to talk about the sad stuff, let's talk about the good stuff. The Bulls get a victory here tonight, 111-105 over Toronto in a game where they had about a 20-point lead, um, I think, like, on two going occasions. Into, going into halftime, it was feeling pretty cozy. And uh, two games in a row, we uh, let a cozy lead turn into uh, a little bit of an uncomfortable situation for a little bit there. Yeah, and arguably, uh, Toronto's best player, uh, Fred Van Vliet, was out. Uh, coach's decision, he was out tonight. Um I think I said something about his wrist, but yeah, I I, I think that you know and Gary Trent Jr. got ejected for the last few minutes, so they were without two of their kind of best players down the stretch. There, it started getting really fucking chippy in that game, uh, especially in the second. But we'll start off with the first. The Bulls start out nine to ten from the field and just go on an absolute tear to start the game off in the first quarter. Look real good, no issues whatsoever. And then as the first quarter started progressing, um. The Bulls started slowing down a bit, and when they started slowing down a bit, they started letting Toronto into the game. The Bulls at one point had like a 12-point lead, 14-point lead in the first quarter, and it dwindled away at the end to be 31-27. to um, Our bench did not perform super great tonight. Um, I mean, Troy Brown Jr. played real well in, in the 22 minutes he played. He had he went three for four 
uh, two for three from downtown. He actually hit a pretty big three. Um, eight points, three boards, and two assists for him. Uh, Kobe White struggling with that shot still, man. Four for ten tonight, one for four from downtown. He's three for 27 over his last three games, I believe, from downtown. And it just sucks with him because he is such a confidence player in the fact that, like, when his roles start changing and he knows his minutes are dropping, he gets in his head. We see this every time. Uh, it's almost like clockwork at this point. Uh, and it's unfortunate for him that he has to have this fluctuating role being such a high lottery pick. But that's not even question of whether or not it's the best place for him anymore. You know, we've, we've had the talks throughout his career. Like, is he better on the bench? Is he better as a starter? Now it, it, it's clear, at least for this roster on this team, you are going to be a guy off the bench. And it, you'd like to think that Billy or the front office will have or if they already haven't, we'll sit down and have that conversation with them. Like, hey, you know, things are a little different now. I'm sure you can obviously see it. You feel it in your minutes. We need you to play <coughs> with the utmost confidence, but we need you to understand that it's going to be in a limited role most days. Yeah, I just feel like – I just feel like – Kobe White comes in these games now, like after he had those, that was a stretch of 13 games in a row and double digit scoring. Right. And like, I felt like he was fitting in, but he's kind of bouncing between the bench and then the starting lineup due to the injuries. Now I just feel like he's playing so fast. I feel like he's always got the turbo on and he's not making like the right decisions. And I mean, and the shots not falling. So it's heightened when that's happening. Um, you know, not, I mean, he only turned the ball over once tonight, but he got himself in a couple of predicaments where he forced passes or forced shots I think he'll be all right. It, it'll come back around. Uh, Kobe's a microwave kind of guy. We, we've, we've talked about that. Um, you know, when we first started this show, we really wanted to see him run the point because what, who the fuck cared if he came off the bench before, you know, like we you're going to win like 20 fucking games. It doesn't matter. But now you can define his role. You know what his role is. He's a bench scorer. It's just, he's got to kind of put it together. He neatly for the bulls to take a jump into the next level. Besides having everybody healthy, Kobe has to be the primary scorer off the bench. If he's not, you're going to run into situations like this tonight where your starters have to carry all of the burden. No, Zach flirted with a triple-double again. Um, really doing well in that supporting kind of role. They got you already. Uh, Vooch is, you know, kind of coming around. He hit a big shot, but he also looked really soft in a lot of those moments with Gary Trent and a lot of these younger big men and I, I feel like we're continuing to see this kind of trend and then he had that play where Troy Brown wrapped up for the jump ball well Vooch just kind of stood there and didn't really do anything it was uh, a little uncomfortable um and I guess you know I, I felt like Vooch tilted his head for Gary Trent to you know catch me outside how about that that's what I thought he was kind of doing there yeah I, I was you know? trying to figure out what Gary Trent was saying it definitely uh wasn't very nice uh, uh, uh yes thank you Charles definitely is gonna get to that yeah we're gonna get to that buddy don't worry we're gonna get to that um you know, but Vooch, man, I, I need to see a little more toughness. You, you can't be getting punked by little guys, and you got to take advantage of these young big guys because it's just it's embarrassing. Like, yeah. we, we need it. Yeah, but they proved your point from the other night that you made. A couple times in the paint in the first in the first half, dude, Vooch got on mismatches, and guess what we're not doing? We're not feeding him the ball. And I don't know if that gets into his mind sometimes or whatever, Like, but it should because there's a few times he got kind of punked. So it, it was kind of annoying, but I, you know, while we're on Vooch right now, let's talk about it. Eight for 11 tonight, one for two from downtown. He hit that big three to pretty much end, ice the game. Um, no free throws for the big man tonight, but 17 points, 
eight assists, 15 rebounds. He did have four turnovers, five fouls, but he was uh, tied for team best plus 20 and the plus minus tonight. Vooch played a pretty good game when he actually got the ball fed to him and had to make it happen. Okay. No, I mean, uh, I missed the first. This is the first time this year that I haven't got to catch the first, and I feel like I actually missed a good quarter. Usually we, we almost get to skip over it entirely because you're like, it, it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> got to tell him to pull up. <laughs> Just like we told Grayson Allen, <laughs> you want to pull up, Gary Trent, pull up, boy. That dude um, for real fucked me up, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, that'd yeah. be <laughs> – would you pay for that boxing match? No, why would I pay for, like, a one-shot thing? Like, that's not a boxing match. I could definitely match. take two. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to – I could definitely take two okay. shots. It's still a two-second event. Like, I'm not going to pay for that. Okay. I don't want to see that. Like, why, why, why do you keep asking me if I want to see you get your ass kicked? I, <laughs> I, I don't ever want to see that. Uh, I'm, I just try, I'm just trying to get subscribers, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm grinding. I'm grinding. But I, I do agree. I mean, that's that's an uber-efficient night for Vooch. Yeah. Um, I just I don't like the mental toughness that you see uh, come out of him sometimes. I mean, the mental weakness, I suppose. Um, it's just it's a little disheartening. I don't know what, what that means in late games uh, when it matters like the playoffs. But tonight, like we said, biggest shot of the night potentially after some major Javante green defense and rebounds. Yep. Um, no, I love that guy. I was literally saying out loud, my girlfriend was probably a little confused. I was just like, I love Javante Green. And yeah, it's it's crazy that a guy like that, that you were essentially paid to take because Tice's contract was so big for Boston and they didn't plan on retaining him, is now a starting player on your team. Um, albeit because of Pat's injury, but this guy makes such a big impact. In it's unbelievable. Plays all the time, and it is just – It's unbelievable. Like, I mean, he's just everywhere. And then, obviously, he's kind of hesitant to take the, the three-point shot. You know, it's not really a big part of his game. He was hitting him at a pretty high clip earlier in the season when he was taking him. But the defense creates offense for everybody around him. High-energy guy, and it just shows you how important those – those kind of people are on your teams. I mean, he, there was a couple times where Toronto was rallying back in Javante Green. <laughs> that Javante Green hit a couple shots, a dunk, a layup, a crazy and one fucking dunk layup thing to kind of stop the bleeding. A Neil Funk saying, "If no, you, that, you know, that, that and one was off of a pretty uh, intense spin move too." Um, you know, he, he does things that just surprise you because you don't expect much out of him, and then he does everything. And the dunks, like, oh, the man is so destructive. I like I don't think there's anything that he can't dunk. Like, anytime he touches the ball, I'm like, I, I grab my seat. I'm like, mm, yeah, he's here, go. Go. here we go. It's like, it's like Stacy says all the time. The dude's just looking to catch a body every fucking time he gets the ball. He just wants to dunk it. And I, I'm cool with that because when he converts on it, it brings the energy of the team up. So, you know, Javante Green, I, I mean, he should probably get game ball. I don't care what anybody – I know that – Oh, no, uh, I felt bad. I, I literally felt bad for Pascal Siakam. Like, his team kept giving him the ball and was like, all right, it's your turn to do the shit that you're supposed to do. And Green just stands there. And he, like – I like how he tucks his hands. He protects yep. himself real well. And yep. he makes sure the refs know that he ain't using his hands. He's like, yeah, you can try to body me. I ain't moving. <laughs> Siakam, three for 12 tonight, man. 12 points, seven assists, three steals, seven boards. He 
That's not a typical Siakam game. He had a hard time. He was played physical tonight. But to give Toronto credit, when they started playing that full-court press and started really running up on the Bulls, they made it very difficult for them too. But to see their best player kind of get shut down, you know, it was kind of nice to it was nice to see. I mean, you know, Javante Green slowed him down in the beginning of the game. He never got into a rhythm. And I, I just credit where credit's due. And you know what? I'll give a little credit to uh, Troy Brown Jr. for – for, you know, getting on to Siakam too a couple times there and, and flustering him. So I'll, I'll take it, man. I haven't talked to Fred in a while. We're going to have to catch up with him and see if we can get him on here. I know Fred, our buddy C-Red Fred, is always extremely busy. But um, I, I want to know what his disdain for Troy Brown Jr. is. Like, hey, Well, he doesn't like Javante either. I, I, Which confuses me. Like, Troy Brown I can get. He's a young guy. He makes some dumb plays and, you know overreaches what he should be doing on this current team in spots. Um, so I can see Fred's frustrations there, but like he really doesn't like TBJ, like even when he's doing good. And I'm confused because he's a really young guy with solid potential and it's two-way potential and he does a little bit of everything. Oh, you know, and our I guy not love Javante. Fred, we, we need to talk, my man. Yeah, you you know our buddy Fred, man. I mean, I you know, shout out to this guy. You know, shout out to MK Hoops because we talked to him the other day. Because he said on on one of his tweets about how Fred can't stand Javante Green. I couldn't let that go. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, wait a minute. I was like, are you for real? And he was just like, yeah, he's fucking, he talks shit about him. He doesn't like him. I'm like, Fred. And then, you know, Fred was spewing his seven shit everywhere. And then I kind of lost, you know, track of what he was talking about. But if you watch this guy out on the court. How do you Javante's got seven fucking letters. This guy should be on his list. <laughs> oh, shit. J-A-V. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, my God. He should be on his fucking list. That's, dude, you're right. You know, Fred's fucking up, man. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a jinx or something. I don't know. But if you don't like Javante, you're you're not watching the right Javante. I mean, that We're that guy is good. Sport. Yeah, dude. It, it's just unbelievable. He's been so good. DeMar DeRozan tonight. Let's talk about him. He took off Monday night. He comes back tonight against his former team. Uh, he actually plays his other former team on Friday. Uh, San Antonio, but tonight, 11 for 19. Back to back. Yeah, yeah, back to back. Yeah, they play him on Friday night, the Spurs, um, after playing the Raptors tonight. 29.7 assists, seven boards for our guy, DeMar DeRozan. Another huge game from him. He started off the game hot, really put the Bulls in a good spot. Um, you know, what's funny to me is, I, you know, I'm going to kind of loop, you know, group him and Zach in together here. It's funny to me because Zach had a interview on the Draymond Green podcast. Did you see that yet? I did not yet. No. I'll say, okay, I gotta, I'm going to have to send you the link. Um, and he was talking about, you know, he's excited for free agency and Chicago's his home for now. And those are his words. So that's, you know, obviously ignited a ton of talk between fans online and on the YouTube uh, channel. It's It's Colin Coward's YouTube network. Is, is where Draymond's or, um, you know, Draymond's podcast is. And a lot of people are talking on there, you know, and Zach is obviously wanting to get paid, signed with Clutch. We, we know he's looking to get paid and stuff like that. I love Zach. I do not want Zach to go anywhere. Um, I'm pretty sure you're in the same boat. But I, I sit and I wonder of him kind of like talking and the stuff that he does. And I watched his fourth quarter performance tonight outside of his and one. And I rem- I'm just remembering back into his contract year, which is this year about how many times DeMar DeRozan has bailed this team out for victory or has taken over in the fourth quarter or has been known the king of the fourth quarter. I'm wondering when that's going to happen for Zach when he's going to take over a game in the fourth quarter. 
because today he made a lot of dumb boneheaded plays in the fourth quarter. And it was very, very frustrating. Like everybody running away from DeMar when he goes into the court, when he gets trapped nice. into a corner. You're not supposed to point at this elephant. Stop pointing at this elephant. I got to do it, man. <laughs> um, I got to do it. No, I mean, I think Zach's smart. He has to say those kinds of things. That's that's a leverage play. Like if, if you just poured out your heart and said you're never leaving, well, then you're saying that you're taking a discount. Zach's not saying that he's taking a discount. We know Zach's not looking for a discount. Zach was essentially forced into a discount. It wasn't a discount at the time, but in Zach's mind, Zach knew that he was this player, so the current contract that he on was is a massive discount in his mind. He's looking to make up every penny of that in this next contract. And um, I don't know. Maybe Zach secretly does miss um, not having all the opportunities to try to grab those storylines. Uh, you know, he is still hearing MVP chance at the uh, free throw line late in games. Obviously, probably not as loud as DeMar because DeMar gets there a shit ton more often. Oh, yeah. I mean, Zach got MVP chance tonight So when he was at the line. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that happens for him for sure. It's just this idea of like the quote that he said, I know we kind of went away from the game into this, in, into this interview a little bit, but I mean, well, we you know, he came into this uh, yeah. that, on the pass from Vooch. Was that yeah. Vooch's Aaron pass or was that Zach's inability to corral a ball? <laughs> I mean, I do. I mean, it's been something that you, I mean, you have mentioned this a million times on this show, a million times throughout the, the four years we've been doing it, three years we've been doing it with Zach here. Is like sometimes like I feel like the motherfucker put like olive oil on his hands or that cooking spray shit. And it's just so slippery. I'm like, why? I'm like, what is going on? Like, why? Why is this happening right now? And then he had it on his shoes. <laughs> he, had to, he had to fumble that ball of vooch kind of right. in the clutch there too. Right. And no, I'm not taking I anything away. He just like does he like start thinking about it too much and start sweating? I like, think so. I think that's what it is. It has to be that because, like, look what he does during the game. I mean, he, a super efficient night from nine for 16. I mean, one for five from downtown, not great, but nine for 16. That's over 50% from the field. You know, 23 points, eight boards, eight assists. No, I mean, outside of that Hornets game where, you know, Archie gets that steal and he gets that last second three for that, you know, kind of all time comeback that the Bulls put on in that short stretch of that game, I can't think of too many more like defined moments for Zach in those kind of spots. And obviously until this season, none of the games mattered. So remembering them is difficult to begin with. I don't want to remember them. I'm trying to black that out. Right. Um, but no, uh, more times than not, I, I do feel like Zach gets the, the case of olive fingers, sweaty fingers, butter fingers, whatever kind of fingers you want to call them. He does not seem to either make the right decision or, even be able to make a decision because he loses the ball in a lot of these, a lot of these spots. Yeah. And I, I know I kind of like went down a rabbit hole there. I just, I didn't know if you had seen the the interview with him because DeMar just did one exclusively for bleach report. I haven't got the chance to watch that one yet. He got to sit down with Taylor Rooks though. Like, yeah, well, yes, he did. I, I see. I want to, I want to watch that, but I watched the Zach one. And there's some things that he said, but uh, another cool thing they did talk about in the Draymond Green, Zach Levine interview is Io DeSumo. And about how Zach said he's a dog. He's one of the hardest workers in the gym. He's very polished. And and it shows I got what I wanted. And I know that when I wrote the article originally, Zach was out, you know, and then in all that shit. But I wanted Io to start alongside this starting five with Lonzo Ball being out. 
I wanted Io, Zach, Damar, Javante, Vooch. And I know that he didn't have the best shooting game tonight, but Io did a lot of little things that translated into this win. He played some really good defense. He was in, constantly in the passing lane. He, his shot didn't fall. Three for ten. I saw him get a little bit hesitant during the game, which is 100% true. He got hesitant because he, his shot wasn't falling, but he did a lot of good things. But seven points, four assists, two rebounds. He had one steal, and he had no turnovers in 38 minutes. And he was uh, tied with Vucevic for uh, plus 20, team high in the plus minus. So, of course. I mean, that's that's, that's to your advantage this time, so we're going to throw that one out there. Uh-oh. <laughs> No, I mean, even just from a logical standpoint, when you think of what Lonzo Ball does for your team, when you're looking for a replacement for that, Io is a no-brainer answer to the player that can do all those things. I don't think he's quite the uh, facilitator that Lonzo is. Oh, no, not at all. He might be – he's a better drive-and-kick threat than Lonzo is. Um, Which confuses me still because I think Lonzo could do that. See, the, the issue with Lonzo in driving is teams know that he's going to pass the ball. Io is probably still a little bit more score first. So you play him to score, which opens up the pass. As where Lonzo, you're kind of playing him to pass the whole time. You're giving him the cushion, daring him to shoot. And then he kicks it out. So it is just a very different dynamic in that aspect. But in terms of the two-way play, um, you are going to get you know, a similar production in all facets of the game from Io than you are, uh, that you are Alonzo uh, with him being up. So, no, I think you were spot on with that. Uh, were you happy with his performance? I mean, even though in a bad shooting game, I, I thought he played real well. Yeah, I mean, when you can contribute to the game on a poor shooting night, that's why you're playing over Kobe White. Yeah. Because Kobe White doesn't really. I mean, he does, not in the same ways, though. Right, right, right. Usually yeah. not in positive ways. Yeah, I mean, again, like to your point, I, I think that Lonzo's the better facilitator and stuff like that. But I am loving when Io gets into the on the elbow and he just starts pulling up for these mid-range Jays. And I guess there was tonight, I can't remember who was guarding him, but there was tweets everywhere about it saying that no way, like that his midway uh or no sir when Io took that mid-range shot that went in and when Io drained it, he screamed back, yes, sir, at whoever was defending him, talking a little shit. I'm like, all right. Talk your shit, King. I love it. You know, I love it. I love when he gets introduced from Chicago, too. I think that's – I always love to hear that being at a Bulls game. I don't know. It's a little piece of D-Rose that I still hold on to. Um, anything else really crazy happened in this game? I do want to talk about Scotty Barnes a little bit. He is going to be a fucking problem. I, I, I like Scotty Barnes. What did you think of him tonight? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's I, mean I think he has all-star potential. I mean, any of the guys that have that two-way style of play that are super aggressive and have that edge uh, like Scotty Barnes does, which is the edge that a lot of people are waiting to see out of Pat that we just haven't seen yet. That's a great Um, You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it makes you a little jealous in the sense that, like, it's like, well, I mean, when Pat gets back, can he do that? Because like, I like that. That would be nice. Um. So, yeah, I mean, it gives you a little bit of envy when you have to watch a young player like that, when you have a similar mold of a player on your own team. Uh, but maybe that player's the, the better version of it, and that, that kind of hurts a little bit. Um, but but I do feel that he, similar to Pat, did kind of just blend in and disappear into the background of this game a little bit at times, too. 
No, he definitely did. I mean, he he definitely did. But I just there, there's things I see out of him with that that two way that you mentioned. You know, the two way potential on both ends of the court. There, I mean, offensively, he just seems very cool, calm, and collected a lot. And and you know what, we saw a lot of that out of Pat too when he'd pull up for a midi or take a three. Right, we really did. But there's times when their offense up going stagnant that he wouldn't you know assert himself. And I was like, okay, I know it didn't happen a lot tonight, but. He showed flashes of that, and it was actually pretty cool to watch. But I'm glad, again, glad the Bulls come out with the W here. Uh, you know, they, yeah, they, around, though. These, these late game, it makes it fun. Like, obviously, he's a fan. Those oh, no, I have a terrible time when this happens. I hate it. <laughs> I enjoy it when it results in the W, which this season it has more times than not, so that makes it okay. Right. Um, but, yeah, when you have these big leads against teams without either their best player or you know they're also hurt. You gotta you gotta close them out. We gotta learn how to hold the lead um, because I really did not enjoy the fourth quarter execution that Zach play with Vooch kind of sticks in my mind. Like, oh, there's a couple teams, plays. That I don't want teams just to trap Demar and then we just gotta fear for our lives after well, that. Like that's scary. I know that you said you missed the first, but that's what started off the succession of this game. This is why the Bulls fucking pulled away by 19 points at one point. When the game started, there was nothing but movement without the fucking ball on the offensive end. Dogs on the defensive end, on the offensive end, everybody was moving. I mean, they started the game off 9 to 10. I mean, they were on fire. You know, and everybody was moving without the ball. And then it's just in typical Bulls fashion, they got a big lead. They took their foot off the gas. They got stagnant offensively. And we come down to a fourth quarter where if you play like shit, you're going to lose the game. And they were able to just hold on. So they got to clean that up. I agree with you. No, I mean, if you don't have that foul, um, I'm going to, I can't even think of his name. Uh, Boucher? No, not, not Boucher. I know, I know Boucher. The other guy who had to come in when Gary Trent ended up getting ejected. He had the long hair with the braids. Oh, uh, way, the guy, he had to shoot the free throws. Right? Banton? Banton, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Banton, uh, if he isn't the person that gets fouled, at the end of the game there, after that rebound, and he butchers those two free throws, which I ended up getting the offensive rebound from and scaring the shit out of me there, too. Um, I don't know. I think this game's a little different because anybody else shoots those free throws, it's more of a one-possession game than a two-possession game to close this thing. Yeah, very, very true. Very true. But, alas, they fucking get the victory. I'll take it. Yeah, that's two games in a row for the Bulls here. What's the Spurs next, up next? Yep, their next game is Friday against the San Antonio Spurs, and they are playing one of – I can't believe I'm saying this – one of my favorite players to watch in the NBA, and I guess I'm going to eat some crow here. You brought this guy up last year as a potential trade target uh, because the Spurs are bad. That's uh, DeJounte Murray, and look what he's doing right now. His averages are stupid. They're not real. They're 2K shit. They're Russell Westbrook shit. Uh, not as, as defined as that, but listen, 19.3 points per game, 8.4 boards, nine assists. That's what he's doing. I mean, the Spurs are not a great team. He's not a good three-point shooter still, and that was my whole gripe with him is he couldn't hit the three. Um, but, hey, when you're doing when you're putting up those kind of numbers, it doesn't really – sometimes it doesn't matter if you can shoot the three that well. But how he's orchestrating the Spurs offense right now and running that team as, as their best player – it, it's been pretty cool to watch. Murray, Murray's been really fun to watch. And, and Desumu's probably going to be tasked with guarding him. So he's going to have a hell of a time on Friday night. Yeah, but that's a fun matchup to watch. And like you said, uh, Murray has been uh, 
electric this season. Uh, it's good to see him healthy. That's been kind of his biggest issue has been uh, staying on the court because he is just such a aggressive player. We see it consistently with guys that, you know, rely on their athleticism so much they, they tend to run into injuries. We know it all too well. Um, but the fact that he's been able to get back healthy and uh, has the opportunity with the re- uh, rebuilding Spurs team to kind of do this, uh, it's definitely exciting to watch. Um, definitely glad that we have Lonzo Ball, though. Uh, not not going to lose any sleep over the fact that we didn't get him in a side and trade for Lowry or something extra there. But uh, hi, boo. Uh, <laughs> that should be a fun game. I mean, that's it's interesting. I wonder if whoever made the schedule had that in mind when they put those games one after another. Yeah, it was Margo, you know, kind of like doing the trials there. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I just think that um, – oh, this is a fucking great comment from our buddy Chai Sports fan. Murray is what Ben Simmons thinks he is. <laughs> That's, I, I dig that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, the Spurs are still a, a real well-coached team. Obviously, Pop is there. Um, they're just – they don't have the talent that they've had in the past. And our whole upbringing, for the most part, they were really good. You know, and this is kind of the first time where – they're not yeah. competitive, you know. They're not really competitive, Spurs, at least in, in my lifetime. Spurs and Patriots, man, like that was that was childhood. Yeah, no, no shit, right? <laughs> I mean, it really was. It really was. Um, so yeah, seeing them vulnerable is very weird. Um, and I'm I'm hoping that we take advantage of it because we need to kind of rack up these wins and solidify our positioning at the top. I'm reading shit saying we're gonna fall into a play-in team. I'm like, what? What? I think we need to calm down off of that. What? I think that if the injury to Zach was more severe, like what we thought it was the night that it happened against Golden State. When we had was worth of a meltdown. Yeah, right. I, I melted. I fucking melted immediately. But, I mean, it's just I think then we could have that conversation if DeMar was the only one with the young guys trying to lead us into the promised land. Um, you know, right now I still think that we're definitely top four, uh, maybe top five. Um, I don't think we'll fall to six. I know six not in the play-in, but I don't think we fall there. I think that we're in the top four. Um, we have Demar and Zach and Vooch healthy, and maybe this is a confidence-building game, and maybe this is something that turns Vooch's uh, little slump around after being as efficient as he was tonight, hitting shots uh, when he needed to, and finding himself in position to receive the ball after you know the couple possessions in the first quarter where he didn't get it. He stayed consistent, put himself back there. And made the most out of it. So hopefully this turns him around. You know, I mean, the Bulls have a ton of talent still. And, and within two weeks of that regular season ending, we have the potential for Lonzo coming back, Caruso coming back, DJJ, if he's not involved in a trade, coming back, and Patrick Williams, because our buddy Joe Colley reported today that Williams might get some regular season basketball in. So That's fantastic news. The Bulls could be going into the playoffs fully healthy. And I don't think any of us have thought that they were going to be doing that since the fifth game this season when P will got hurt. Okay. So, so given that news, given Zach's comments on the Draymond podcast, um, with the likelihood of Zach, maybe exploring other options and that Pat is going to be back sooner than expected. Does that all but kibosh the idea of making a grand trade for Jeremy Grant? Or yeah. Does- yeah, no, for me, yeah, for me it does. Um, if you're not certain you can bring Zach back, which, listen, if Zach makes an all-NBA team, I don't care what anybody says. He's staying here. Well, no, I mean, well, I, he's I, getting I, this. I, he's I, the, the, this is the only team that could pay him the Supermax if he gets that. 
Well, no, yeah. Zach wants to get paid. Um, Zach and Demar are cool. Whether Zach's ego gets in the way of Demar getting more spotlight than Zach probably anticipated Demar getting when he got here um, is to be seen. But I don't think that's going to get in the way of Zach taking more money that he can get elsewhere. Um, success that he knows is here. A coach that he knows. The only coach he's had for more than a full season in the fucking NBA other than Jim Boylan. You know, like Zach's got a lot of good things going for him here. And I think it's just a leverage play. But I do think with that question mark kind of being thrown out there and the news that Pat will be back sooner, I don't think we see Pat moved. Yeah, I don't, yeah, you're right. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't, I don't think we see him moved either. If he's going to come back, like Kali's saying, with time left in the regular season, I think they let it play out. I really do. I really do. But like Yump just said in the chat here, he says, but does Williams get that playing time with the Bulls? Like, does he get that time in if he comes back? Are they going to insert him back in the starting line? I'm sure he'll come off the bench for a hot minute, you know, but. Um, See, I guess that, that, that that's another fun topic, though. Right. I mean, I don't really take know. Take Devontae out of that role because this bench needs scoring where Pat could be that guy, where he could be more aggressive, where you could kind of. Like leave him and Kobe paired together. Yeah, you know, got Pat and Kobe off the bench. Caruso. Um, where, you know, you have Javante holding down that starting spot, kind of Bogans-esque, where he's not really your starter, but he is your starter. Yeah. Uh, just because for the sake of the rotation, it makes more sense. Then, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe we see that, but I don't know. That is definitely a sticky situation. A guy you were paid to take and a guy you took fourth overall. Which one are you going to start? Yeah, well, I mean, and that's a big thing, too, is like, you know, when people are like, oh, my God, we're missing so much uh, from Pat. You know, if we had Pat, we we would have – I saw that in the beginning of the season. We would have won this game. It's like if you look at the averages from Pat in the beginning of the season, and this is not saying that he wouldn't improve as the season went on. I'm not that ignorant. I'm ignorant, but not that ignorant. Like, Javante gave us the same averages, basically, that Pat was giving us. Again, Pat could have improved. But Javante plays the game with an intensity that Patrick Williams does not, and I think it really does complement this starting lineup right now. So not to say in the future I don't want Pat starting. That's not what I'm saying. But with how Javante has fit with these guys, I think it'd be a fucking crime to take him out of the starting lineup. Especially with Zoe out. Like, you need that defensive intensity and that energy in that starting lineup right now, and I don't know if Pat's going to give that to you right away. Right. So, I mean, I, I guess we'll just have to see when the time comes what's going to happen. But It's just exciting shit to talk about. Oh, yeah, because we're fight, we're talking about having a ton of talent. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're, talking, we're talking about being whole six to eight weeks. Hurts right. when you have to say it the first time, but in six to eight weeks, it's going to feel really good. Yeah, we're looking at March. We're Like I said, the second, third week of March is when we're looking, you know, that these guys are going to start trickling in and coming back to the team. And that's right around playoff time, you know, two weeks left into the playoffs. So, Hopefully it all works out for the Bulls, man. I mean, I would love to see them get healthy and actually make a legitimate run with no excuses. Like, that's what I want to see. Time is on our side. Yes, it is. That was good. I'm going to sign you to a record label. No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I was going to say time and hope that people grab the reference, but I, I don't have that much faith in people. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what the reference was till you finished it. But <laughs> hey, don't be shitting on our parade, Chai Sports fan. To be fair, Caruso probably not back in six to eight weeks. That's just a reveal period. I don't want to hear that. Yeah. Why, why, why are you pissing in my Cheerios? Yeah. What the fuck, man? Be, <laughs> don't you don't don't be a realist here. Okay. We don't want that. We'll be back. 
on Friday after the Bulls play the Spurs. If you have not already, be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter at Bulls on Tap at Ontap Sportsnet. Following Goose at Bulls Scripted, me at Buzz on Tap. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to us, five-star rating and review, because that's cool and tough. Tell your friends to go to YouTube, go to Ontap Sportsnet, hit the subscribe button. Every game after every game, we are live. So come over to the YouTube, subscribe, hop in the comment section with all of our fun friends here. And uh, yeah, we'll be back Friday after the Bulls take on the Spurs. Let's go Bulls.